Welcome to the Gene Oliver Podcast, where we talk all things business, art, and lifestyle. This is your podcast for building a more creative life. I created a free resource and mini workbook just for you. 10 Tips to Take Back the Peace for a More Beautiful Life. A free ebook if you're looking for some rest in your day-to-day like I was. Go to geneoliver.com slash 10 tips to get your free resource. Creativity is calling. Become the artist you have dreamed to be. After the podcast, meet me over at geneoliver.com where you will find art, business, and lifestyle online courses. Welcome back to the podcast. I am Jean Oliver, and today I'm talking with Laura Blair. Laura is a photographer, teacher, and the creator of the online resource Brave and True, a source of inspiration for teen girls and their parents. I've had the joy of knowing Laura for many years, and I am thrilled to be able to talk with her today about how we can truly see, honor, and encourage the girls in our lives. Laura, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Jean. It's so good to just be with you. I'm very excited to hear what you have to share today. Before we dive in, would you share a little bit about the heart uh, behind Brave and True? Okay, so I'm a teacher. I was a middle school teacher, and I adore that age. And I had a change in my life where I'm an empty nester now, and I wanted to go back to the studio that I had for 13 years. So I'm kind of a went. I was a teacher, studio teacher, and now I'm back to the studio. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to work with females, and I love taking pictures of women and girls and moms and daughters, and that's where I started. And then I realized that I just absolutely adore working with girls. It's so much fun. And I think it comes from my middle school experience. I love like 12, 13, 14. I also love high school girls too, but I tend to work a lot with middle school girls. And their hearts are pure and they just are so great about talking about what they want and who they are. And a lot of girls tend to lose that, you know, by ninth grade. And so I just fell in love with the whole thing. And then I realized, you know, I miss teaching. So I created a curriculum for these girls because I was recognizing a lot of the same issues in a lot of them, mostly anxiety and comparison trap and all the goods that go with that. And I created the Brave and True Girl class. And I do that at my studio. I'm offering it online here pretty soon. But it just came to the point where I realized this isn't just about portraits. It's about serving the girls and their moms. Well, you offer a podcast and curriculum and workbooks and videos and online classes and even photography sessions. And you are a mom and a teacher and a photographer. So how do you think these aspects of your life really gave you a different view into the thoughts and the needs of teenage girls? Yeah, being a mom of girls, and they're both in college now, it is, I'm looking back and I'm realizing how many mistakes I made. You know, as a mom, we all do that. Yeah. And we do the best that we can, and I certainly did, and they turned out great. But I started realizing we don't have the manual for this. And not that I'm writing a manual because I'm certainly not, but I'm doing so much research, talking to psychologists and counselors and nutritionists and everything that has to do with you know raising a girl right now. And I'm kind of, I guess I'm compiling all the information in bite-sized chunks for moms. And then I'm also interpreting it into like a tween speak kind of language for the girls. So when we sit down and talk, it looks really different than when I talk with the moms. And I just speak directly to them and I try to get them to be open and honest and boy, are they, they just let it rip. It's kind of amazing. And then we do 
a lot of activities, including taking portraits and art. And I'm a very creative person. So I use all those things to kind of reach the heart of the girl. And then the other things that you need, like discussion and, and answers and strategies, they kind of kind of are interspersed in the fun stuff for the girls. And I found that's what they need. They don't want to do a therapy session. And that's certainly not what I'm qualified to do. It's about giving them strategies and listening more than anything, just listening. And I love creating stuff. It's like Eugene, it's fun to just make things. And I have had a blast putting the curriculum together because that's the teacher side of me. And then the artist side of me is just, you know, I'm doing art I'm collecting art from girls for a journal that we're making. And I am putting all of these things together under the brand, Brave and True Girl. But more than anything, it has kind of, it's so funny. Every area of my life has led me to here. You know, we always have to remember that all the stops along the way are for not. They aren't for not. (laughs) They are things that lead you to where you're supposed to be. I mean, my middle school background and photography and art and all of it has led me to this very clear why, which is to serve my girls and my moms. And it's, it's amazing to me. It's such a divine thing to watch it all come down, but I'm exactly where I need to be. And I think my girls, my own daughters are like, where was all this when we were growing up? (laughs) And of course I feel a little guilty about that, but I do bounce stuff off them as well to get ideas. And they've been really good source of truth for me too, about some of the things that I needed to do. Social media has changed a lot. So that's a big piece that I have had to dive into to understand. And you know who tells me about that? The tweens, the girls, mm-hmm. they lay it out and I get great information and I ask them, can I share this? And they're like, yeah. So I feel like I'm getting it right from the source and then I can feed it to the parents to have more understanding. I think too, no matter what you do, whether you were uh, you know, practicing photography, a teacher, making art, now everything that you're putting into Brave and True, you do things with such excellence. And those that have known you for a while, um, and then for those that are just meeting you for the first time, you really had created a huge reputation for yourself as being just the go-to person for animal portraits. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) my dogs. Yes, for her dogs. And she had a, (laughs) you know, a... A, a book, a best-selling book on the subject. And so I think it's just so interesting, like anything that you put your heart and mind to, there is such excellence behind it that Thank I you. instantly trust it because I know you do the work. And so um, what pressure... That means a lot to me, by the way, Jean, because you know what a fan I am and how you and I sat so many years ago and you were dreaming out loud about mm-hmm. this thing that you're doing now and you're living it. And it's very, very exciting to see from a distance. Oh, so that means you. a lot. Thank you. Oh. So what, what pressures are teen girls dealing with that we as parents and family members can often overlook? Well, we didn't grow up with social media and I want to say amen. Thank you that we didn't because it's not a good, I just, it can come, good things can come out of it. Of course, they are, especially right now while they're quarantined and we'll talk about that in a second, but you can, you know, talk to your friends and connect. But I think we don't understand the degree of comparison that's going on. And they're looking at all the highlight reels and comparing their own lives. And they're they're young and they don't have the perspective and the wisdom. I and mean, women do it too. I do too, of course. We all do. But when you're younger, it's so much more intense. And I don't think we understand that that's their reality. And also, we don't understand that their world is, the world is in their back pocket. 
you know, they are constantly aware of what's going on in countries where there's violence and, you know, politics and all the things that are happening that are negative. They have instant access to it. When I was 12, I was riding my bike. Mm-hmm. And I was hanging out in my neighborhood and I didn't watch the news. <laughs> I had a very, very different childhood. I know you did as well. And I don't know how to relate sometimes. So I just ask and I just say, talk to me about what's happening. And the anxiety levels are very concerning to me. And these are kids that, you know, I live in an area where all the needs are met pretty much. We definitely have kids in our community that are in need, but on the whole, it's a kind of an affluent privileged community. And the degree of of just not understanding what, what they want out of life or what's going on with their families, they're really busy. They're feeling a heightened sense of anxiety and there's no escape. And sometimes if you have them take their phones away, and a little experiment, we did that in, in my middle school. I said, how was it? And they're like, oh, it was so great. So they know the value of not being connected all the time, but they don't know how to do it because there's fear of missing out. So we don't get it. We don't understand. So we have to listen really, really closely. More listening, less talking. Mm-hmm. And just be a sounding board. And that was one of the biggest take-homes I got from my girls was my, my workshop girls was don't try to solve our problems all the time. <laughs> Just be a sounding board and listen and then ask, do you want me to help you solve this problem or do you just want me to listen? That's like the most valuable thing I've learned in the last year. And I do it now with my own kids. You know, mm-hmm. Do you want me to listen? We're always problem solving, right? We want to help them. Right. It's like with your husband, you know, when you say to your husband, I don't want you to solve all my problems. <laughs> I want you just to listen to me. It's the same idea with these kids. And we are overlooking the severity of what's going on. We're not understanding it. That and being overscheduled. Those are the two things that I'm kind of condensing it down to in terms of the anxiety producers. What are some signs that we can be looking for with our girls? Disappearing, you know, being in their rooms on their, on their phones. And I can't stress enough. They should not be on their phones at night. You know, you can be the bad guy. Take their phones. They'll thank you later put them in a place where they won't find them in the middle of the night. (laughs) It's an addiction. You know, they want to know what's going on. And a lot of them, I've heard this straight from the horse's mouth, they're trying to solve drama and other people's problems like at two in the morning on their phones. Mm. They're going to sleep watching TikTok. You know, they're sleep deprived a lot of times because their phone dings all night long. And a lot of times they wake up. These are things I didn't know. You know, I was learning this from the girls. Number one thing we can do is get their phones out of their rooms. Um, so if they're clamming up, they're not talking talking to you. There could be a drama situation going on, you know, especially with girls. And how can we approach it in a way that is delicate and sensitive? Like timing is everything, right? Like when you're driving in the car is a great time to talk or at night when they're going to bed. But when she's really super stressed about a test is not the time to bring it up. You know, that was one of the things I've learned from them as well. And lack of sleep and not eating well, I think that contributes to it as, you know, also and asking them, how much sleep do you think you're getting? And ask them to be honest and say, what can I do to help you with this? You know, being super cognizant of their world outside of yours, I think is one of the take-homes there. In what ways have you found that really empower young girls? How can we be supporting them better in the day-to-day? Listening really, really listening and putting your own phone down, <laughs> mm-hmm. and connecting with eyes and touching, hugging, holding them close. And I think what happens is with a lot of parents, and I'm, gosh, I'm raising my hand over here, when the crisis hits, 
you don't know how to, you know, they don't know to come to you because you haven't set the precedent of I am here no matter what. And we all say that to our kids, you know, I'm here and I can help you. But if you really engage early on, like 11, 12 years old, like when they get their phone and you should have a phone contract, absolutely have a phone contract about what's expected and say, you know, uh, I need to follow you. And that's the way to connect if they are on Instagram or on TikTok or on um, TikTok's actually kind of funny right now. Kid, parents might enjoy that. Um, and Snapchat, you say, well, you can use these accounts, but I'm going to follow you. And then you know what's going on. And also they would never post anything on there that you don't want to see, that they don't want you to see. So I think, you know, just saying I'm the parent, I'm paying for the phone and I love you dearly and I want this to go okay. So let's just connect. Tell me about what you're interested in and be genuinely interested in what's this TikTok thing? What's the dancing thing? Talk to me about it. And they might think you're goofy, but I think deep down they probably go, wow, she kind of is interested in what I'm doing. Right. So listening, connecting with their social media stuff and also paying super close attention to who they're hanging out with because that's a, the boundary issue is huge right now and girls are not listening to their hearts and their instincts of this person isn't good for me or this boy isn't good for me, you know, and talking through that. So when the crisis does hit, you have a nice foundation of being able to be a safe place to land, you know, when things go south. I think one of the sweetest parts of your journey to offering Brave and True are the photography sessions. And I'm sure being behind the camera, when you photograph most women, that you can tell so much. And you may even have insight to all the insecurities and the ideas of less than. So I can imagine that your resources are as empowering for the mothers as they are to the daughters. What have you noticed over the years as a photographer about the negative mindset of women about themselves in general? And what advice do you have to the moms and how that actually impacts their daughters. Well, I will tell you what, they are listening and taking notes on everything we do. Oh my goodness. I just had a good discussion the other day with my own daughter about some things that I said about my own body, you know, Mm. when she was here in the house, not even thinking. And it made a huge impact on her. And so it's hard to hear those words from your own kids. But I think, well, first of all, you never say anything to your daughter about her body because she's already saying it to herself. You know, you got to be really, you are the person who's in charge of food that comes in the home and, and setting up things. But as far as her physique and what she's got going on right now, she's already saying those things to herself. And I really firmly believe you got to support and not tear down. And then the same goes for you, you know, not talking negatively about yourself, um, about your abilities and what you're lacking and um, also being in relationships that they watch you in that are toxic and not good for you. They're taking notes on that too. You know, oh, mom hangs out with somebody that doesn't make her feel real great. And then they don't do it consciously, but they absolutely will go down the same roads that you do. There's something special with a daughter and a mother you know, the dad absolutely makes a difference, of course, in the life of his daughter, but she is looking to the mother for what to emulate and what to be. And I'd say you have to honor your own dreams and be really clear on what your own passions about are in life so that you give her permission to do the same thing. I I got a letter from my daughter's, um, well, I always felt like I was flip-flopping back and forth between careers, (laughs) because I guess I was, you know, teacher and then photographer and then dog photographer and then photographer again. And 
And I thought, oh my goodness, am I just setting the precedence of being flaky here? And when I finally realized that it wasn't about job hopping, it was about honoring what I wanted to do in the world, which was to be creative and to be and to inspire. Those are the two things that I think God has given me to do in this world, to be creative and to inspire. And no matter what I'm doing, as long as I'm doing those two things, I'm honoring what my passions are. And my daughters wrote me, both of them wrote me letters uh, a year ago or so that watching me go from my goals and and kind of be a risk taker with chucking things aside and starting over and, and leaving things well. I don't leave things blown up. I definitely try to leave with it on good, you know, good footing. They said, both of them, that it, it felt to them like they could take risks and honor the things that they love and it made them not as afraid. Oh, I can't even tell you what that mm-hmm. meant to me. Mm-hmm. And so I always tell moms at this time right now, um, this is the time to, to pay attention to what your own instincts are telling you to do and your daughter is watching and that's a great benefit of that. And especially like right now, we're in this weird quarantine time and you're downtime and this is the time to reflect. What do you really want to do? And talk about it with your kids. You know, they want to hear your dreams as well. They might blow it off like they don't, but they're listening. And so I'm working with moms too. That's the second part of this business that's kind of starting to erupt and I, I didn't expect it and it's exciting. We're going to be doing workshops with moms about getting side hustles going and honoring their bodies and all the things that come with being an example for your kid because there's nothing bad that's going to come out of that. No, that's incredible. Well, right now, much of the world is sheltering in place. This is hard enough for adults, let alone children. What is your advice for how to help all the kids in our lives right now as we navigate this unknown and to also help them feel that empowerment uh, that they are making some decisions and having some ownership over their day-to-day when there's so much of the day-to-day that has been stripped away from them too? Yeah, and you said the word control. I think that's, that's a big one. Help them create the routine. You know, even if you haven't done it yet, it's not too late because we're going to be here for a while. And certainly there's, you know, there's so much uncertainty and, and anxiety. And I think being honest about it and talking about it and not trying to hide it. Yes, it stinks. This is so not fun. And, and kids like high school kids, you know, like high school seniors, I just, my heart goes out to them and be real about it. And also talk about the future and say, you will travel, you know, you will do amazing things and you're going to go to college. Or if they're younger kids, you will go back to your sports when things, you know, rev up again. So being positive, but being real allowing them to have control over their routine. So when do you want to do PE? (laughs) When do you want to go outside for an hour? And when do you want to have art and creative time? And that's where there's amazing resources online right now. I'm so proud of the artistic community for just sharing the wealth and and going online, getting a project going, um, learning a new skill, all the things that can come when you're just sort of stuck in one spot, allowing them to talk to their friends online and giving them time to do that. Put that in the schedule in the afternoon, three o'clock, you get on a Zoom call with your buddies and you know, have a soda and hang out and chat. And then it's time to start making dinner, you know, things like that. But I think it definitely has to do with them feeling like they're, they have some degree of control on their schedule because they are, I think all of us are feeling out of control right now. We don't know what to expect day to day, being the rock. And then again, I'm just going to go back to what I said before, listening, you know, how you doing? What's going on? And then just let it sit, which is so hard. As a mom, we just want to jump in how you doing? Let it sit and let them talk. And if they don't talk, that's okay. They will. At least they know that you're safe and that they can come and tell you, this, this is really hard for me, you know, because I know it is for a lot of kids. But 
um, yeah, I guess those are some, some tips. I was thinking about the photography sessions again, and can you tell me what you see happen with these young girls when you do one-on-one sessions with them? Uh, Would you kind of tell me the whole, I kind of want a a breakdown of those sessions. Like, so if I were a young girl, wanting one of these sessions, tell me what that would look like and how you would prepare for it. What happens leading up to it? What do you see change throughout the session and when they get their photos? I kind of want to have hear the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, it's nothing short of magical. It's just amazing. So it actually starts with the the, uh, home consult. So I go to their house and the mom and I sit in their rooms. It's really cute. We sit on their beds and they go through their closet and she lays out everything she feels good. And I would say, pick the stuff that's really you and crazier the better. If you're an athlete, pull all your sports stuff out. And I also say, pull out all of the items, the gear that represents you. So art stuff and books and your bat and your mitt and your, you know, the science stuff. Um, they all, I have such an amazing variety of girls that I have photographed and they bring the crazy stuff. We had chicken in the studio, <laughs> an accordion, um, a guitar, hula hoops, like just so much stuff. And they bring it all. So we make a big list. And basically, I'm just getting to know the girl. I mean, yeah, we're going through a closet, but I want to know her. And I always want to know people before I put my camera up between us because I just photograph better when I know somebody, whether it's adult or child. And the mom feels good. Like she knows that my that I know her now, that we can photograph this thing. It's like an hour. It's pretty fun. And then after the consult, they come to the studio and I always encourage mom to come as well. And we have a hair and makeup artist. So we do age-appropriate makeup on the girl, however old she is. And then we always encourage the mom to do the same. So mom and daughter sit there. We have coffee. And I always do it in the morning on a weekday. I'd say, take a half day from school, go out to breakfast with your kid, have time to just be together. And then when you come, we will treat you like the queens that you are. Mm-hmm. And it, from the time they set in the studio, they're the most important people in the world to us. And we set them down and we play their music. They bring their own playlist. Our studio is beautiful. It's very well lit with um, its big space where they can spread out all the junk that they brought. And then we also have a studio closet so it's all the crazy stuff, the dresses and the shoes and the hats and the jewelry. I've been collecting it for a couple of years and their eyes get so big and they walk in there and they're just shocked. And I'm like, this is all for you. You can pick anything in here. So we take a long time before we even shoot like an hour for makeup and hair and get stuff together. We line up all the outfits. My assistant, Jessica, is just running all around to make sure they have everything they need. And then we start shooting. And the mom, I always have her sit kind of to the side where the daughter would feel like she can do her thing without her mom watching, but the mom has view also. And I've seen them cry. I've seen them like, who is this kid? <laughs> I'm learning so many things here. And I always devote like the first hour to the, just to the, the girl. And so she feels like a rock star. We have her music playing really loud and we stop for water and we just, I laugh and we talk and I, I know stuff about them because I had the consult. So we talk during the whole session and right when she thinks she's going to just be off guard, that's when a lot of times I'll get the shot. And those are some of the most priceless and jumping and hula hooping. And it's basically like, this is who your kid is right now in this stage of life. This is the most important thing to her. And you want to remember this. I mean, we do baby pictures and we do senior pictures. As a country, those are the two rites of passage. I, I'm so biased. I think like 10 to 13 is just as important because when they go to high school and they change, 
and they start to let go of some of those things that make them them because they want to fit in. You know, they don't want to stand out anymore. And you need to capture the standout stuff because that's really who they are. They come back to that. You know, I feel like um, they come back to that eventually. So after that, we jump the mom in there and she takes pictures with the daughter and gets to hold her close and spend time with her. Like, when do you get to hold your 14-year-old kid on a backdrop? You know, and those are just very, we, there's crying. <laughs> I'm an emotional person, so I get really into it. And then we say our goodbyes and sometimes it's three hours. I mean, it's truly an experience. And the girls are always like, I feel so great. And they just feel like rock stars because we, you know, we made sure that they felt that way. And then they come back to view the images and we actually print them and we mat them and we put them on the wall. So mm-hmm. when they come in the room to, to order, this is the ordering day, they are on the wall like art and it's really cool. And then we sit and we go through all the images. The mom decides what she wants, mostly albums, so they can have kind of a commemoration of this time. But it is just, it's just magical. And I, and I can tell you, it, it's an investment for sure. But I, have, I haven't had any clients who have regretted it. It's been an important experience. It's not just about the pictures. Like this is something the mom and daughter will look back on as an experience and a really great memory for the two of them together. And as a mom, I, that's invaluable. You know, I think it really is. Yeah. Thank you for asking about that because I love talking about it. Well, and I think too, um, I think that there are going to be people listening right now that say, wow, look at like all the ways she pulled together her love of this and this and this, and she's using it to inspire and encourage other people, but also to run a business, to also help other people run a business. And so I want to backtrack just a little bit because I think it would be easy um, to not see this clearly. I want, if you don't mind, to tell me um, some of the things, see, because you felt bad for a while that you would go from teaching and then photography, and then you went into dog yeah. photography, and then you went back to something else. And then I remember when you got rid of a bunch of things, and then you went back to teaching, and and then how you came out of it. And so, but it was all for what is right now. And everything right, right now will be because of what's going to be next because of something else beautiful that will build on top of this. And so I always love when I sit down with somebody for the first time and I'm talking with somebody through business consulting, I always love to say, because I think one of the hardest things people can have a hard time um, articulating is their why. Um, Like the whatever they're doing, why am I doing it? Or saying, I'm so... I have so many interests. How do I choose? Right. And what I love is that Mm -hmm. you have lots of interests and you've actually compiled them all in this one big, beautiful thing. And so would you mind telling everybody, I know I'm catching you off guard here to share some of the things that you knew were your gifts, some of the things that Mm -hmm. are your passions, the things that you would do uh, to fill yourself back up and then because of your gifts and your passions, like how you were able to find that purpose in the midst of that. Okay. Yeah. And it wasn't intentional, which is funny. I mean, I always compartmentalize stuff. Well, I think I want to do photography. Oh, I think I want to go back to teaching. And then, yeah, it was about defining the whys. And mine are, I love kids. I love middle school kids. They're a hard group to love, but I love them. 
I, it's just innate. I just love them. Love talking to them, love connecting. I love making stuff. I love making art. I love making portraits. Um, I love interior design. Like even like doing my studio space, like all of it is about making stuff. And that is essential for breathing for me. I just love it. Uh, I'm a connector. I like to connect women together for support. And um, I love working in downtown, my little main street. I'm always trying to connect women down there um, to move their businesses forward. Like if someone starts a business, I'm the one you want to call because I'll, I'll connect you with everybody that I know. And I don't, I'm not afraid to promote you if I believe that what you're doing. I also, um, I know, honestly, I have to say this, I knew the things I wasn't good at and I knew what I needed to delegate to make this a business. So I'm, I'm not a numbers person. Oh, God bless accountants. I just don't love it. And I knew, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do that part of it. So I farmed it out so that I could do my strengths. I have a podcast. I love um, theater and music is my background. So I love speaking and I love, um, you know, kind of doing the music on a podcast and all the things that go with it. I, and I love creating curriculum. That's the cerebral part of it. Um, trying to figure out how to get from A to B with a kid in a workshop. Um, I just didn't understand what it was going to be until really like it just kind of within a week, I remember going, oh my gosh, this is not about photography. (laughs) This is so much more than that. But I just got really deep about journaling and praying and trying to figure out where this was supposed to go. And all the little dots got connected. It was kind of amazing. But you do have to not be afraid to tap into the stuff that you don't think fits. I remember thinking, what in the world does this art stuff have to do with what I'm doing now? Well, I know I'm going to do art classes with the girls in my workshops. It's, it's part of the exploration of feelings and talking. It's very easy to discuss stuff when they're making things, not so much when you're sitting there staring at the group. So I didn't realize that the art would come into the, you know, the part of the workshop piece. I love mentoring. Um, I'm not a coach. I'm not a trained coach, but I think it probably will go down that road eventually. I love uh, having a strategy and a plan for a woman or a girl. And I think it comes from the connection piece, you know, wanting to connect with other females. My favorite question in the whole world is to ask people, what are you really passionate about? What would you do if you weren't getting paid? And women always have an answer for that. And they don't think that it's possible sometimes in their circumstances, but you can take baby steps towards things. You don't have to go all in all at once. I mean, this took me, I mean, I'm 49, so 20 something years to figure this out. And it might take other people quite a bit, a shorter amount of time, but it doesn't have to all come now. It will unfold. You just got to be faithful that the things you don't think matter, they do. Mm -hmm. And even if it's just a small little thing, um, it matters and not to negate any of those little things that make your journey your journey. And the only reason it does work is because you infused you into it, that all the things that you didn't know how it was going to fit, you kept on being true and you are leveraging what actually help makes you stand apart. And that's how yeah. you're going to make your ideas and your dreams and your goals for this business stand apart because it won't look like anybody else's. And that's the thing. I was so scared. I'm like, oh my gosh, if I eliminate families, <laughs> family portraits, and I don't do dogs anymore, which I kind of do on the side because I can't help it. But if I'm eliminating all these things, who's going to come? 
That was my thing. And I just had to go, all right, I know this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to put out my shingle. If I build it, she will come hopefully. And you know, slowly but surely. And of course, we're in a standstill right now. I have no idea what this is going to look like after because portraits are a luxury. So I don't know, but I'm not going to go away from it because it's all little signs on the runway have been pointing me in this direction. So I'm not going to abandon it now. And I think once you know what you're supposed to do, that creative ideas will help you adapt to how that can look different going forward. And so I already know that your head is spinning with all kinds of ideas that will fit whatever um, like the world looks like like after this is over. And and so. so because <laughs> and then because you know what you're supposed to do. Once you know that, nothing else can change that. And yeah. so not and also who who you're serving that's, that's right. a big one well because you know, that's who's the your, whole who's heart person right. right who's your person where does she go where does she shop what does she love pay attention because she will come if you can find her you just gotta um, be super clear and put it out to the world and she'll find you yeah. I would love for you to tell everybody so once the sheltering in place kind of started and everybody was quarantined Laura uh, went ahead and she she took her expertise and she took her skills and she created uh, photography tutorials. And so could you tell everybody about that? Because it's actually available now for people, which would be just an amazing thing to do for those that love photography or want to learn more in this time that we are home more. Could you tell everybody about what you just created for them? There are a series of videos where I broke down into bite-sized chunks because photography is a big thing to learn how to just get started. And I did it with uh, a DSLR and I also did it with an iPhone because iPhones, I mean, just, you know, as a smartphone, you can make amazing pictures. A lot of things have to do with composition and lighting and those things count when you're using a smartphone. So I did a very comprehensive PDF for people who have a DSLR so they could break it down. I talk about it a little in the videos, but the PDF is very helpful. Um, I am encouraging families to do it together. This isn't just for kids. It's for them to take pictures of each other because they're quarantined in the house. Your pets. I talk about taking pictures of your dog, you know, in the window light, um, all around my house. I shot the videos kind of all around my house and I use very practical stuff. I don't use a lot of fancy equipment. In fact, none. I show my camera, but I don't even use it. And I just wanted them to have an outlet that was like an art class kind of, you know, when you're doing your routine, you're doing academics, time for art. This would be a fun and it's free. So they can, they just have to opt in and then they um, get all the videos. They're all hidden on YouTube. And uh, I give challenges at the end. So there's a nice little list of all the fun challenges to do. And then I'm really encouraging people to send me their work. I want to see what people are making. I'm desperate <laughs> for people to send me something because I'm tired of looking at my own stuff. And I'm looking online and what everyone else is making. It's great. But when you have, you know, when you can teach somebody something, knowledge is power, and they make something they're proud of, that to me is the gold right there. So I want them to email me their work. I'd love to post it on my blog. It doesn't have to be with their name, but if they want to, that's great. I just want a little community of little budding photographers who, with just some basics, improve their image making and and are proud. You know, it's just, it's such a cool thing to be able to take a good picture, but it's not necessarily uh, as easy as we think it is. You got to really, you know, take the steps through. And I walk you through really, really um, methodically about what needs to be done before you snap the shutter. Well, thank you for making that. Thank you for taking the time and then offering it to people during this time. 
So would you please share with our listeners how they can find you and learn more about you, your photography, and Brave and True? So I have two websites, just to confuse everybody, but my main one is braveandtruegirl.com, and that's where everything, we have our podcast on there and our resources, our book recommendations, all of the goods, and there's some information on portraits on there as well. My photography tutorials are part of that, so it's braveandtruegirl.com slash photography tutorials. You can get those right now. And my other site was the one that I put up when I went back to taking pictures again. It's still relevant. I have a lot of images of women and girls, even families on there. And that's laurablairphotography.com. And both of those sites, you can find everything. Instagram, I'm loving right now. It's so much fun. And that's Brave and True Girl. I just changed the name because, you know, honestly, I had to laugh. I'm like, should I change the name? I wasn't being brave. And I thought, oh my goodness, if I'm talking about bravery, (laughs) I should probably do what I know is best and change the name of my Instagram account. So those three places are the best places to find me. Are there any uh, words that you'd like to say before we close just about this time, families being together? And yeah. There is something that I always leave my Brave and True Girls with in a workshop, and I think it's kind of pertinent to what we're dealing with right now. It's one of my favorite phrases. It's, this too shall pass. And whether we're talking about stages in someone's life or difficulties, hardships, the big one, which we're all in the same boat. And I think that's really, really important part of it too, that not only will this pass, but at the end of it, we'll all have experienced it together. We're making history right now, even though it's not great history and there are desperate things happening and scary things happening. You are getting tight with your family, hopefully, and having some just gift of time you didn't have before. I think there are revelations that are going to come out of this and epiphanies about what's truly important. There's going to be a lot of good that comes out of this and we have to remember that and um, stay close, be safe and look out for each other. Really look out for each other. Mm. Laura, I loved having you on the podcast today and to be, just be able to hear here. your heart on all of these beautiful things you're putting out into the world. So thank you so much. I created a free resource and mini workbook just for you. 10 tips to take back the peace for a more beautiful life. A free ebook if you're looking for some rest in your day today like I was. Go to jeanoliver.com slash 10 tips to get your free resource. Creativity is calling. Become the artist you have dreamed to be. After the podcast, meet me over at jeanoliver.com where you will find art, business, and lifestyle online courses. We have over 150 courses from teachers around the world. Thank you for joining me this week. Don't forget to let us know what you thought of this week's podcast and make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing. Thanks for listening and see you next time.